We are learning Daf Mem. We're starting from the Amar Abubahu. Abubahu, this is about 15 lines down, 10, 15 lines down, where the Gemara says, Amar Abubahu. So the, the reason why we're picking up from the statement that Abubahu made is because at the end of the Daf yesterday, we learned a statement from Abubahu about whether or not to recite the Pesukim. There's an issue whether the Israelim, the people who are getting the Bracha, if they should be reciting Pesukim when they're getting the Bracha. So Abubahu, right at the end, he waited and he says that I, I used to do it, but then I saw Rabbi Abba doesn't do it, so then I also don't do it. So now we're going to talk more about Rabbi Vo and Rabbi Abba. If I'm Rabbi Vo, Amina, originally I used to say, in not that I'm a person of humility. I used to think I was a humble person. Then I saw Rabbi Abba from Akko, and what happened was, he was saying a shir, and he said over a certain shot, and just to understand the, the background here, the way it used to work is that the, the, the person lecturing, he wouldn't say it very loudly that everyone would hear. He would whisper it to a, uh, to a, like a human mouthpiece here, a person like a loudspeaker. He'd say it to a person, and then that person would scream it louder to everybody. So he said one shot to, to, to his metargon, to his speaker. But the speaker then said a different shot. So very interesting. He's like, it's the greatest, most insubordinate thing to do, right? If someone said, you're the, just a... Uh, the, the, the mouth making it very loud and, and suddenly you're saying a different thing than what you were told. So it's a tremendous amount of chutzpah and that happened here, that happened here to Rabbi Abba below Kappen. Rabbi Abba didn't take any offense. So it must be that Rabbi Abba must, held, uh, must have been extremely humble and therefore he let it pass. So therefore, once I saw that happen, I mean a lot of people say, I'm not actually a humble person. In other words, judging by, by that standard of humility, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in that measure. That's more or less what he's saying. So now, now that we described that from Rabbi Abba, now we want to understand what Rabbi Abba's level was. In other words, Rabbi Abba was saying, I-, I thought I was a humble person, but then I saw that Madriga, I said, okay, you know, in regard relative to that, I'm not so humble. But I, clearly there was something that Rabbi Abba had that was humble, and that's what Rabbi Abba was, was describing. So the Quran wants to know, Man is new to Rabbi Abba. So what was Rabbi, Rabbi Abba's humility? So the Gemara tells us a story here. What once happened that the, the Rabbi Vo's speaker's wife said to Rabbi Vo's wife. So again, this is a relationship between the Rosh Hashiva, between the speaker and, uh, between the Rosh Hashiva and his speaker. It's an interesting relationship. The speaker is kind of his assistant in making whatever the Rosh Hashiva is saying very loud. So the wives of Rabbi Vo and the speaker are in, talking and the speaker's wife is telling Rabbi Vo's wife the following thing. Mine does not need yours. What she's saying is my husband doesn't need your husband. Even though my husband is only the assistant. And he's just, you know, the one that he hears the words and then he says it loud. But he actually doesn't need your husband to tell him what to say. Why? The fact that he even bends down, you know, to, to hear what's being whispered in his ear in order to say the shir, the assistant, is because he's just showing him respect. Meaning my husband, the assistant, he really knows the whole shir already before. He's a big, he's a big time of Chacham. He doesn't need your husband to tell, whisper to him. He does it out of respect to, 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 to your husband, to Rabbi Vov. He doesn't really need it. So that's a tremendous, again, a real chutzpah, a real chutzpah of a thing to say. So what happened? Rabbi Vov's wife went and she said back to Rabbi Vov, 
what the speaker's wife had told her, that uh, the speaker didn't eat Rabbi Vo. So I'm Allah, what's Rabbi Vo's response? He said, What difference does it make to you? Whether it's through me or through him, the Abisha will be praised. So, so this is an interesting point. Again, it's, it's testing Rabbi Vo in a very strong way. Is he, is, he an, is he an Anav? And he is. He's saying it doesn't matter. You know, it's, what's the difference? You know, he doesn't mean me. He doesn't need me. Well, not enough Kamina over here. So, so this is a tremendous amount of humility. Now, what's interesting, though, is that we see that this story of, 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 of humility paled in comparison to what we said, um, Rab Abba. Rab Abba, what happened was he said one shot is his speaker, and the speaker said a different shot, and Rab Abba didn't get upset. Here, it's the same thing, but they're fighting about whether, whether or not they needed each other, right? So, so this one is not as great as the, fir- as, the, as the first one, because the first one, Rab Abba, the speaker was saying something else from what he was saying. And he, and he didn't mind. Right? So that's, that's a tremendous, a greater degree of humility than, than just in this story when the question is who gets the credit. Says Gemara, another story about Rabbo being humble, but too, furthermore, Rabbo Imnin Rabbanu Allah, the Minna Bereshah, Rabbo was shown by the Rabbanan to be the head, meaning the Rosh Shiva to be the head. You saw Rabbo from Akko. He owed many people money, and he had a lot of creditors. So Amalu, he told the Rabbanan, Ika Rabba, there's someone who's bigger than me who should really be the Rosh Shiva. Why? What, what, why? Why did he do that? What does it have to do with this person having creditors? So the idea is that the Rosh Hashiva was often given a lot of gifts. It wasn't just respect and honor. It was, it was an opportunity to make a lot of money. People view you as, as the Rosh Hashiva, so then they shower him with gifts or whatever. So he saw that he didn't need the money as much as Rabbi Abba from Akka would. So therefore he passed over himself. He says, oh, there's a greater person who could, be, who could lead, and therefore you should give the job to him. Says the Gemara, more about Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba, Ikluhu it's a very, very famous idea that's out there in the world of the yeshivas about the difference between halacha and agada. Fascinating story. Rabbi Vo and Rabbi went to a place. Rabbi Vo darish, Rabbi Vo gave a shear, but he gave an agada. He's saying, you know, nice, different Torah, emotional things. Rabbi Bar Abba, darish mishmaiz, Rabbi Bar Abba, he spoke in halacha. He gave a real pilpul shear. So shatku ukule, I'm Rabbi Bar Abba, but also look up Rabbi Vo. So everybody left the shear of Rabbi Bar Abba, the one that was all in. In, in, in the technical halacha. Instead, they went to hear from Rabbi Vol because it was more, you know, more palatable to listen to that Gadata. Cholash da'ite, Rabbi Abba felt bad. So Amalei, Rabbi Vol, who got all the, the honor people went to him, so he said, what does this compare to? Let's say one person is selling these rare gems, precious stones, the other person is, is, is selling sitkis, small stuff, you know, the pins, the needles that you need around the house, the small stuff. Amikovsin, who has more people at their store? Certainly, it's the person smelling, uh, selling the small stuff. So, in other words, if you go to like a high end, very high end jewelry store, okay, you know, it's one customer at a time, maybe a few a day. But if you go to the, to, to the local hardware store, there's always customers. So, that doesn't mean that the hardware store is selling, right? The quality there is better than the quality of the stone. Obviously, the stone is better, but that's the nature of what people is. You need. You need the, the smaller stuff more than you need the better quality. So, so to hear, that's what's going on. Now, Gadata, people, you know, relate to them more. They can take away something from it practically. You know, they can impact in their life and their inspiration. So that's why they're showing off that. But, but it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. Says the Gemara Mork, every day, every day, would bring Rabbi Vo to, to, to where he slept. He would escort him. Out of respect, out of respect, for the Kesar. So this, it seems that, that Rabbi Vo, there are different stories in Shah, so Rabbi Vo had a lot to do with the Caesar. So, so normally Rabbi Abba would accompany Rabbi Vo back to where he was sleeping because of, 
um, to show respect to the Caesar brother. Who Yom that day? Abba Rabbi Vol, Rabbi Kibra Abba, Rabbi Shuzir Abba, went the other way. Rabbi Vol accompanied Rabbi Kibra Abba back to where he was sleeping because again he wants to uh, to to comfort him. His mind was not put at ease. He had a very hard time accepting the, accepting this that uh, people not as many people came to his year. All right, so now we move to a different point. It's really a total tangent, but it's Mashal Shazi were Omer Modim at the time when the Chazan is saying Modim Ha'amayim Omer. What do the people say? So the question is, why do people have to say anything, right? Well, why? why what, what's the issue? So Toysu seems to write over here that it's just like a, an intuitive idea that, that we should all be thinking how Kosh Baruch put together. It's a famous uh, Abu Jaham. So it's a little bit different that he says that the idea of Shazibar is that he's a Shliach on behalf of the Tzibar. He says you can't, you can't thank someone through somebody else. you got to do it personally. So the one wants to know, during the modem, which is thinking about Kodesh Baruch so what is the Tzibor saying? So I'm a rab, they say, modem nachem lach, Hashem al-Kenu, we are grateful to you, Hashem al-Kenu, al-Sha'anu modem lach, for the very fact that we thank you. Not an interesting idea. Think about the words for a second. Modem nachem lach, we are grateful to you, Hashem, al-Sha'anu modem lach, that we are grateful to you. So what, what does that mean? How do we understand those very words? So Rashi says, that there's a certain inspiration that comes to us, which we recognize comes from the Abisha. So we th- we're thanking Hashem for the inspiration to appreciate Him. So that's, a, that's an interesting expression. We add that Hashem is the God from all flesh. The fact that we give thanks to Hashem. We add the fact that He's the one who molded us, the molder of all creation. That we give blessings, praises to your great name because you've given us life and you sustain us. And for the fact that we give thanks. He would complete as follows. So too you should continue to keep us alive. Bring us together back to the base of To observe your decrees. To do your will wholeheartedly. For the fact that we are grateful to you that we have things. So this is a longer, it goes into a tefillah, we're asking for Masha. So we have all these different things about possibilities, what to say. So Amar Papa, Papa often does this when there's different suggestions in, in, about what to say. He says, Hilkach, what's the bottom line? Therefore, Nimrinulokulu. Why not just say all of them? So therefore, we get the idea of the Modem Durabanan. And that's what the Beis Yosef says. You know what it's called? Modem Durabanan? Because it's the compilation of many different Rabbanans of things. Like Umar, there are like four or five different views. So it's modem de rabbanan, modem of the rabbis. And we put together all the different uh, advice here about what modem is. We put it all together, we get a full modem. Okay, says the Gemara, Amar There's a concept of imasat sibor, that there's an awe of facing a congregation. So it's an interesting idea because, you know, each person isn't necessarily so scary, but there's a concept of a sibor. I think in front of a tzibur, which, which, which is intimidating. So there should be an intimidation from the tzibur. They face the people and they turn their back on the shechina. During Berkha's Kornim, they turn their back on the Aaron. So the fact that HaKadosh Baruch is okay with this is Bishfil Kavodat Tzibur. So we see the greatness of Kavodat Tzibur and we should reflect this. And we should reflect that. Says Mar Nachman Amar Mehalcha, we look from here. David says, Ve'akum Tavon Amelcha, Ve'aglav Tavon Amelcha stands up and he says, Ve'yomer Shmouni Achai Ve'ami. Here are my brothers and my people. He's talking about David Amalek who's trying to collect donations for the, from the people. So he calls them my brothers and my people. So what's going on? If he's considered them like peers, like my brothers, so why is he saying my people, like I'm controlling you? My people, why is he calling them my brothers? If you will listen to me, 
right? You, you, you're okay with, you, you're going to listen and do it and be okay with the mitzvahs. So then then you consider my peers, you're my brothers, meaning I don't really control you. Fakar, I have an ima over, you have an ima over me because you're, 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 you're a tibar of him. Ah, but if you don't, then I mean, atem, you're just my people. I can oppress you with my, with my staff. But what do we see? We see that as long as they could do HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, so David HaMelech held him in a lot of kavod. And he didn't, he wasn't going to impose himself as being greater than them. So this is another source for kavod HaTzibar. Says the Rabbanonami, the Rabbanon say, you know where we say, you see from here, Kohanim are not allowed to go up onto the Dochin when they're wearing the sandals. One of the nine my time, what's the reason? It must be because of the covet of the tibur. So what does that mean, the covet of the tibur? Is that, is that they would expose the sandals in front of everybody. Sandals, Rashi says, would be very dirty. You have to understand back in the day, in the muds and this and that. So it's a gross thing. So you're going to, um, going to expose yourself and bless the people in that way. So it doesn't, it doesn't look so good. So that, that, that's another source for covet at Says the Gemara, it's not pshat. I'm Rabashi, lo. Hasim shem nisko b'tzuvah sandal. It's a different idea. We're concerned. Maybe there was a strap that will be torn on the sandal. Father Azul Mikdre, and he won't, he's going to be embarrassed. The Kohen's going to feel embarrassed. Oh man, you know, my sandals are broken. Everyone's going to be mocking me, make fun. So he's going to go down from the Dokhin in order to go tie it. And people are going to say, Ben Gushimai Khalutu. You know why I didn't Dokhin? Because he's not a Kohen. So therefore, in order to make sure that that doesn't happen, We'll have to make sure that the Kohenim are comfortable dochening in a way that they won't be embarrassed. Because if they might be embarrassed, then they might not get up. They don't get up. The people are going to accuse them of not being Kohenim. So therefore, we say no shoes because the sandal might be broken. Now, the socks is a whole question. But if you need socks or not, you know, it's a pashtas. Back in the day, that means they were doing it barefoot. The Shemur already brings that, uh, you know, in our days, doing it barefoot may not be great because that's another, you might be mocked. It depends on circles, right? I guess, you know. Would they clean their feet back in the day, no? I don't think so. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that was part of it. You know, I was wondering that yesterday when we were talking about washing the hands. So, basically, there was Kiddush Shaddai and Vergelheim. I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know if it's such a din to do that. Okay. Mikdash Prachachas and Beis Mikdash was one big bracha. So, what does that mean? It means as follows. In Gvulin, we have Berkaz Kohanim as three separate brachas. And in between each of the Psukim, the, the Tzibar answers Amin. In the base of Mikdash, what do you have? In the base of Mikdash, they, they went as one big bracha, the Mishnah says. So first we have to clarify what that means and why. So Chokakhlama, why is it why is it so different? The Gemara is asking, why, 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 why is the three being combined to one bracha on the base of Mikdash? The Fishi no no Mikdash. The rule is we don't say Amen in the base of Mikdash. What is the rule? So the rule instead, instead of saying Amen, the rule is you say Barakshankvan Machusalamvad. So Rashi, so, so and Rashi doesn't say much to explain the Gemara. Tosis is, is very bothered that that's not a reason why it's one bracha then. I understand. In other words, the question is, what do you answer in the base of Mikdash? And when you hear bracha, you're, 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 instead of saying amen, you say That explains why when you answer amen at the end of three and in the base of Mikdash, it's all one bracha without interruption. What's the difference? How do we understand? So Tosis learns shot like this. Tosis learns that the chilek isn't stopped at the end of the bracha. The vart is that in the base of Mikdash, when you hear Hashem's name, you say, So it's not, there's no amin, you don't answer amin in the base of Mikdash, and you, rather you give a bracha. So you do that right when Hashem's name is made. So therefore, they would actually be interrupting the psukim. Whenever they would say Hashem's name, Hashem, right after the Hashem, the people would say, and you don't answer amin at the end of a bracha. So therefore, it ended up having a shame of one bracha. Even though there was a, there was interruption from the tzibur when they 
interacted and they responded back with Baruch Shem. But since it was in the middle and they didn't do it at the end, in the breaks between Psukim, so it had a shame as if all three of the Psukim were just one big bracha. Masha'enkin, and outside the base of Mikdash, where it's after each bracha, the Tzibur accepts it and answers Amen, so then it has a shame of being three brachas. Also a little bit more lumdish to understand is that the din not to answer Amen and the din to say Baruch from Muslim it's very different in its nature. Amen is affirmation. Amen is like, I accept, like this is true. That's what Amen means. Baruch Hashem is a response of bracha. When someone says the great name of Hashem, you respond, like they did it by Berchaz Khan in, 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 the, in the base of Mikdash, so then you respond with a Baruch Hashem, you respond with a bracha back to Hashem's name. That's what it is. So that's why it's not really in its essence, it's not dividing the shame of the brachas. Just because you're, 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 you're blessing Hashem's name, that doesn't mean that the brachas, that the three psukim that are being given to you are separated. They're not. So it's in timing and it's also in essence. In Bigvulin, where the idea is you're affirming what was said. So there are three separate affirmations that break up the three brachos. So it's a, it's a shame that there were three brachos. It's not much transpiring. What's happening is that the tzibar is giving a bracha towards the shame of Hashem when it is said. But the bracha that's being said is one grace of bracha of all the psalm put together. We know that Amen is not said. We want you to stand up and bless Hashem from this world until, until the world. And let people, and the Pasuk goes on to say, So we understand that what it's saying is that um, it really goes together, it goes together with the, with, with, with the next Pasuk, that we're saying in the place of the base of Mikdash, so it should be, you should stand up and bless Hashem and, and respond with Baruch How do we know for each and every Baruch praise is recited by the people who are listening here, everyone? You give Hashem's name, uh, you give Hashem's name the praise. And uh, the Rashi clues you in just to understand a little bit the context of this passage. It's in Sefer Ezra. This is right again when they re-inaugurated the second base of and they're getting it back. So they would say this. They wouldn't say, like we say at the end of Brachos, Baruch Hashem, you know, Magin Avram. But there, that's what the passage is saying. Baruch Hashem, Elokei Yisrael, Mino Odom And then they would say, Magin Avram. So it's a whole different thing. And then they would say back in the passage, what should the other people say? Baruch Hashem Kodecha. They should bless the name of Kodecha. So Rashi, that means they should say, Baruch Hashem Kodecha Salam and that's the in here. They're not just affirming it. It's not just an amen, but it's a proactive sense that they're giving a bracha towards the Shem Hashem, which was just said. So that's the, the maskana, that the, 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 the difference between the Mikdash and Vulin is not only whether you say the normal Shem Hashem or what we have or the explicit one, but it also comes out whether the people are saying amen in the end of them or the people are saying Baruch Shem. Okay, very good. So now we go back to a bigger tangent. What we started with, remember that, that, that we started a week ago. That there are certain things that are said in Hebrew, certain things that can be said in any language. So one of the things that we mentioned that are said of Belashim Kaddish are the brachos on, of the Kohen Gadol. So what are the brachos of Kohen Gadol? This is Yom Kippur. So the, one of the things that he does on Yom Kippur is um, he reads from the Torah, and then there are eight brachos that he would say together with it. Uh, so the Mishnah continues here. Brachos Kohen Gadol, Ketzat, can you describe that? How does that work, the brachos of Kohen Gadol? So what happened was, Chazan HaKnesset, the Sefer Torah, the Chazan HaKnesset, it was actually like a shul, which was on the higher bias near the Hazara. And this chazan is like the shamish of the shul. He dealt with the Torah, bringing it in and making sure everything was taken care of. So the chazan Knesset takes the Torah. the Rosh he gives it over to the head, to the head of the shul. So, so, so Rashi says, who is this head of the shul? 
So Ashi says, Alpivnis Chazmin, Divri Akresis, Miyaptim, Navi Yufus, Rosh Mabi Yudhav, Yateva. This is, I think, what you would call the classic Gabai, the person who, who appoint, you know, gives out the shul jobs. So you have a Shamish, he attends to the needs of the shul, meaning, you know, he sets up, cleans up the Siddur, and he gets the Torahs already. That's the Shamish. And then you have a Gabai who's giving out the, the, the you know, the Kibudim. So he, the, the Chazan Akhnesis, the, the Shamish is taking it and giving it to the Rosh Akhnesis, the Gabai. Rosh Akhnesis also has gone, then the head of the shul, he gives it over to this Gan. This Gan is the deputy Kohen Gadol, the backup Kohen Gadol. In case something would happen, the Kohen Gadol would go to come Tameh. So there's always a backup. We have a Gan. So we, we give it to this Gan. But Gan also has Kohen Gadol. And then eventually, that deputy Kohen Gadol gives it to Kohen Gadol himself. The Kohen Gadol, Omin Makabal, Kohen Gadol, he stands up and he receives, and he receives the Torah from him. Um, and what we'll see what, what that whole procession is all about, going that, you know, assembly lines are going on. The Kori Akrimos, the Akhbasar, he reads from the Torah, he reads Parshas Akhrimos, which is all about, which is all about Yom Kippur service. And he also then reads what we read yesterday, Parshas Emar, the little bit of Akhbasar, the little bit that talks about what we do on Yom Kippur. The Golel Esat Torah, then he rolls up the Torah, and he puts it, he keeps it in his lap, he holds it. Of Omer, and he says, That's not all that is said here in this Torah. There's more that is written in the Torah. Why is he saying that? Because he's about to say more psukim by heart. He says by heart the Musaf, the Musaf, which is mentioned from Parshas Pinchas, what other Karpanos that are brought of Yom Kippur, that he's going to say by heart. He's not going to roll the Torah to Pinchas now and read from it, but rather he's going to recite it by heart. So, 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 you know, we'll see in the Gemara all the reasons why, but basically it would be too long of a Tercha de Tzibura to roll. So therefore, he's going to just read it by heart. Very interesting idea. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But Akhopadim, he doesn't want now people to say, you know why he's not reading the, the, this part from Parshish Pinchas from the Sefer Torah? Because the Sefer Torah doesn't have it. It's no good. It's not a good Sefer Torah. That, 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 that people will say bad rumors about the Sefer Torah. So therefore, in order to make sure that no one's going to say anything bad about the Sefer Torah, he gives that... Um, he, he, he gives that statement first. He says there's more that, is, that, that, that I've read from here is written here. And then only then does he go on to read Baal about uh, Parshish Pinchas. And then after that, Mavarach Lashmon Abrachos. He says eight brachos ala Torah. A bracha here for the Torah. So Rashi says that's the one that we generally have after Berchas Torah. That's Hashem Nosalon Torah's MS. That bracha, ala voda, bracha for that voda. That's the bracha of Ritzei. The davening for the for that void to be accepted, Baal Hadaya, thinking Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that's a, a form of of the modem. Ba'machilas Avon, a special bracha that Hashem should forgive. Um, it seems to be that's the bracha Rashi says with Atavachartanu that finishes that bracha on Yom Kippur. You know, on Yom Kippur you have their very long chasimah. Melech Mochav Slechav Asinu Avonu Mochav Rashi Asinu Mochav Shana Mashana Melech Chalaritz. Right, that whole thing, that bracha that includes with that point asking for forgiveness. Ba'al Mikdash a bracha for. The base of Mikdash. Rashi says there's a bracha asher bracha by Mikdash. Interesting, uh, interesting bracha. We're not we're not familiar with it, but a bracha for the base of Mikdash itself. Al Yisrael, a bracha for the Klal Yisrael. Boicher ba'amu Yisrael. You know, we say that by like a Havarabah, such a bracha. Boicher ba'amu Yisrael. Va'konim a bracha for the Konim. Another bracha, a bracha bizarro shel Aharon. Val Yishalayim a bracha for Yishalayim. Bracha boicher Yishalayim. And, and and the bracha for the rest of the tefillah. So what exactly is that? Like a general thing, a baruch tefillah. Interesting. Okay. So, big question. If you count those, it really looks like it's nine. One of them may not be in the gersa. Bracha of Yishalayim, maybe it's there, maybe it's not there. 
So these are all what the Kohen Gadol would do. And this, this is part of, um, was all done in Hebrew. So first the Gemara says, an interesting thing, we were all this passing of the Torah from person to person, right? They, it was, the, the Shamash was taking it out and then it was given to the, to the, to the Gavai, the Gavai was giving it to the Skan, and only then the Skan brought it to the Kohen, the Kohen Gadol. So Gemara says, you see that you can give out Kavod in front of a Rebbe. So it seems like an interesting question. Let's say you have a person who, who deserves honor, who deserves respect, but... And normally we give him a, a certain kavod, but it's in the presence of his Rebbe. So the shaila is, is it disrespectful to a Rebbe to give kavod to a Talmud when a Rebbe's around? That's the question. And this is a debated question elsewhere in Shas. So the Gemara is interested in that here. It sounds like you could, because that's what it sounds like you're doing. It sounds like you're giving kavod to the Talmudim and saying, look, you know, the, 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 the Gabbai is more chashev than the Shamash. So the Shamash is being machabed the Gabbai. And then the Gabbai is being machabed, uh, is being machabed this Gan. That's what it looks like. They're doing that all in the presence of the Kohen Gadol. So you see that you can give kavod to a Talmud in the place of his Rabbi. So the Gemara says, Amar Yishum Kavodo, the Kohen Gadolhu. All of this is being done for the Kohen Gadol's honor. So there's the purpose. It's not trying, they're being machabed each other's time. It's like a procession all to bring it to the Kohen, the Kohen Gadol. So there, everybody agrees you could do that. It's not shy, you're being mechabed the shamash. You start a little bit lower and you get higher and higher and higher until eventually you reach the Kohen Gadol. So that, everybody agrees, such a thing can be done. Vaiter, Kohen Gadol, Omen, Mechabal, the Kohen We said that he stands up, he receives it, and he reads. So the Gemara says, Omen, it says that he stands up, Mechabal, Yoshifu. You see that until that point, the Kohen Gadol was sitting. Until the Sefer Torah came, when he had to stand up to greet it, he was sitting. So the Gemara asks, well, Amar, Amar, we say, what's that? Allah, in Yeshiva Bazar, in the courtyard of the Basement, you're not allowed to sit. El Malchus is Sabbath Babad, unless it's for the Malchus based on it. Special kings, they have the right to do it. So we see that he, he was sitting. But uh, that was a special covenant given to them to allow them. But everyone else, they're not allowed to. So, so, so why, why, why here is the Kohen Gadol standing? So by the way, it's a big question whether or not this din of not being allowed to, to, to sit or stand is this is the rise of the Rabbana. Pasha said to the Rabbana because how else, how else are you allowed to do it from Malchabay's Dov? Okay, what is that? Tell us in one place, maybe it pertains to Allah Moshe Sinai. Rashi and Yuma does say that it comes from the Amod Lashar is to stand and serve. Which is like an idea that maybe anyone who's there on some level is like Sheiros, but it's difficult. Pasha Pshad is, is a sort of the Rabbana. So what's the pshat he was standing? So the Gemara says, just like Rechisa said somewhere else to answer this question, that instead of saying it was in the Azar itself, it was really in the Ezra's Nashim. Achanami, we could say the same thing, Misha means by Ezra's Nashim. That's where the Kriya Torah was. It doesn't have the same Kedusha as the regular Azar. It's only given to the area inside where the Ezra's Yisrael began. So therefore, you're allowed to sit there. Says the Gemara, Mezve, we have a Kasha. What did the Bride say? Where do they read it? So one opinion says Bazar. They read it in the courtyard. The Red Kriya Satar calling all the Red in Azar. He read it on the Temple Mount. Shinemar, as it says in the Pasuk, So what do we see here? The Tanakama held that it was in the Azara. So we're saying that, that it, with the whole question with the sitting was that he wasn't in the Azara. He was really where in the Ezra's Nashim. But, but here it sounds like he was in Nazar itself. So when it says he was in the courtyard, it means in the women's courtyard. So that's a little bit forced to answer. But so that's what we're answering, that he was, the Kriya Satara took place in the Ezra's Nazarim. And that's why, until then, he was sitting.